Welcome to the King's Chapel, Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. And I want you to take your Bible and turn to the book of Philippians. Philippians. It's a happy book. We're going to look at one passage of Scripture that Paul writes to the church in Philippi. That's why it's called Philippians. Oh, look at there. There's like a picture or something. Oh, there it went. Poof, sorry, you missed it. Game over. Let me pray and bless you as you leave. Just kidding. Um, So we're going to read a passage of Scripture that Paul wrote in just a minute. We're not quite ready. Oh, those guys are excited back there. Click happy. Uh, Paul wrote to the Philippian church from prison. And there's a, Paul wrote more books of the New Testament than anyone. In fact, anyone in the whole Bible, Paul wrote more books. And I love to read the writings of Paul. He kind of has the same themes throughout all his writings. Same themes show up. And we're going to look at one of those themes today. And he has a set of letters that he wrote from prison. From where? Prison. They're called the prison epistles. Just kind of a general name of those. And Philippians is one of those. So uh, Paul wasn't like sitting under a tree with a nice cool breeze, thought he'd write his friends a letter. He's giving instructions to a church and to the leader of the church from from a circumstance that you and I would probably never want to be in, which is sitting in prison. And we have this amazing passage that he writes that gives us a perspective of his philosophy of life, and it's a philosophy that I hope you and I walk away here today going, wow, I need to make that the philosophy of my life. So let's take a look at Philippians chapter 1, and we're going to look at verse 21 and read just a few verses here. We are going to look at a couple of other scriptures that Paul writes. It goes with it in Corinthians in a few minutes. And But let's take a look. I'm reading from the NIV. It says, For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am, going, if I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. How interesting. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. So that through my being with you again, your joy in Christ Jesus will overflow on account of me. Father, help us today. Give us ears to hear. And Lord, give me an anointing to speak and to share what it is you have dropped in my heart to share today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Three years ago, Pastor Daniel asked me to preach, and I preached from this passage a similar message, and I opened it with a story, and I'm just going to kind of briefly recap that story so you can get a picture of what I'm trying to get across here. My wife and I went on a road trip way back in the 1900s. 
Way back before cell phones, way before GPS existed or anything electronic that would help you find your destination, you had to use a a map. Oh, so I am. We're in the right place. All right. So we had to use a map. And so we're on this road trip with some friends and I was driving my car, which was not in pristine condition. It had some issues. One of which was the windshield wipers. They didn't do this. They did this. Different story, but they needed healing in Jesus' name. They had issues. Anybody got a car with a few little personality issues? And so um, we're on this road trip, and we run into a, a, a really, really heavy fatty rain storm, the kind where even if your windshield wipers were on high, it wouldn't help. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You're just like driving and hope you're somewhere on the road or you pull over, right? And wait, it's kind of the, probably the more smart thing to do. Anyway, we were a long way from our college dorm when we ran into this rainstorm And we were driving for hours wondering, I hope we're on the right road. There's a McDonald's. Hey, pull into McDonald's. We can go to the restroom. And so we go in there. Well, by the restrooms, they happen to have a map on the wall. And the you are here arrow. And I didn't know where we were. We weren't on the right road. We were hours and hours off the right road, and we were in this little bitty town in the middle of nowhere, and we had to figure out, we have no maps, no GPS, no, no, no little tools, and so we're like scratching on napkins, drawing the map on napkins to do how to get back to the right road. You ever been on a trip and you realized, whoops, we missed the turn. We didn't even see the turn because we don't have any windshield wipers, And we're just believing God for miracles that maybe it would stop raining or like the windshield wipers would work. And so we needed a map to say, uh, it's over here. Well, today's passage is one of those passages in the Bible that says, um, check where you're at. It's over here. Make sure you're on the right road. And it's a philosophy. Paul's philosophy of life really communicates to us the Are you on the right road here? And let's take a look at three things. And if you're a note taker, I'm only going to give you three words to write down, okay? And you can write it like on your Bible. I write all over my Bible, I know. And uh, and then I write in notebooks. I write on everything. So uh, you can write these three things down, and I hope they communicate. And the first one is go with an exclamation mark. There it is, with no exclamation mark. That's okay. Go. There's our first word. So Paul is having a debate, and it seems as though he actually is going to get to choose something here. He's sitting in prison, and he writes to the Philippians, I don't know which one I should do. Uh, I have the, the option of going home. Healed. I have the option of going home. Well, let's see what that was all about for Paul. He's sitting in prison. In fact, he got thrown into prison all the time. He got beaten with rods. He got persecuted, okay? And 
And he lived in a selfish, sinful nature, just like you and I, that he had to battle with, that wants its way all the time. For Paul to say, wow, I'd really like to go home. He's saying, I would really like to not have to deal with any of this anymore. I would really like to not get beaten for loving Jesus anymore. I would really like to not have to get thrown into prison anymore for simply telling someone about God's great love. I would like to be free from this sinful nature. Would anybody else like to be free from this nature that just keeps... Uh, Paul also writes in, in Romans, everything I want to do, I don't do. And the stuff I don't want to do, that's what I end up doing. That's the sinful nature in our life. It keeps like trying to uh, push us towards wrong. Okay, it, it doesn't want to please God. It doesn't want to submit to God's laws. It's kind of like that shopping cart with the one crooked wheel. And you have to kind of keep moving it on and over. And if you get too much in your shopping cart and then it gets harder and harder to move it and it just kind of keeps running into the sidewall. Your sinful nature is like that wheel. Okay. And it's inside you and it always wants its way. It cannot submit to God's laws nor, and it will never do so. The sinful nature will never please God. So Paul is saying, wow, I would really like to be free from that. We would all attest to how great that would be to be able to never have that again. And then to be free from, from all the persecution and all the, the, the things that would happen to him for sharing God's love. So go. It's one of his options. But then he says something very interesting. Or I could stay here. So write that one down. Go, stay. So he's saying I could stay here, which would mean fruitful labor for me. What is he talking about? I don't know very many people that actually don't cringe when you say the word labor. Okay, but Paul is saying that there is something fruitful. He identifies the labor as fruitful labor. He's making a distinction here about what he's putting his time and effort into. He is saying there is a labor that is fruitful. And that's important for us to recognize in Paul's, this short little passage here. Why would he say fruitful labor? If I stay on this earth and not go to heaven, it will mean fruitful labor for me. Paul is clearly referring to some of uh, his other writings. So let's take a look at a few of those because he's keenly aware of a real day called Judgment Day. And it's not a day, it's not something that you, you, you hear preached about a whole lot, except at Kings. You will hear Dr. Morocco emphasize over and over. You will hear Pastor Daniel emphasize over and over that our role here is to make you look good on Judgment Day. I want you to look good on Judgment Day. And Dr. Morocco, in his humorous way, has said over and over again, if you don't look good on Judgment Day, don't tell anybody you went to King's. Because we make it our effort and our goal and our aim and our praying to get people stirred up so that they can stand before God on Judgment Day and have a life worth being proud of and get rewarded for it. Awesome. Paul's writing about fruitful labor. 
Not just any kind of labor, but labor that the Lord would call fruitful. That that the righteous judge himself would look at and say, that is fruitful. Fruitful labor pertains to the kingdom of God. Fruitful labor he's referring to here is effort, time, money, treasure that has been expended for the sake of God's kingdom. Because that's what's going to get rewarded on judgment day. Labor for the kingdom is going to get rewarded of all kinds and fashions. All different ways are going to be rewarded on that day. So let's take a look at some of Paul's other writings that he has that tell us exactly what he's talking about, referring to judgment day and fruitful labor adding up to that day. That helps us understand why the the decision is so difficult for him to make. You and I possibly would say, I wouldn't want to stay here. I think I'd like to go up and spend eternity with Jesus. Paul, on the other hand, so interesting, it's difficult for him to make that decision. Wait a minute, isn't the goal to get to heaven? Why wouldn't he want to go? Maybe there's a different goal in mind. Maybe making it to heaven isn't the only great thing God has in store for us. Maybe there's more in store than just making it. Did I sin today? Okay, I think I made it through today. Okay, the Lord didn't come. I got another day. One of these days, I'll fly away, oh glory. I'll fly away. Uh, But let's take a look at these passages in Corinthians. The first one, let's look at 1 Corinthians 3, 8 through 15. Why don't you take your Bible and turn there. 1 Corinthians 3, 8 through 15. And I'm going to read it kind of fast. We're on stay. Why would he even consider staying? 3, 8 The man who plants and the man who waters have one purpose, and each one will be rewarded. What? Rewarded according to his own labor. Or we are, for we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, God's building. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should be careful how he builds, for no one can lay a foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, uh, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is. Because the day, everybody say the day. The day. Notice in my Bible, probably yours, it's capitalized. He's talking about a specific day. Okay? We'll bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. Now I want you to turn in your Bible to 2 Corinthians, and I want you to look at chapter 5. And like I said, Paul has themes that show up over and over again. Some of those themes are life by the Spirit, a life of prayer, Uh, do something for Jesus, and then there's a theme that shows up all the time in his writings called Judgment Day. He writes about it more than once. So let's take a look here. Uh, Chapter 
What did I say? Five. And let's look at verse six. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. Sounding kind of mirroring what he's writing to the Philippians here. We live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home, in the body, or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade men. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. We're not trying to commend ourselves to you, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in this so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. Look at verse 14. For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Uh, And I'm going to read that verse again. Look at it very carefully, verse 15. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Paul is presenting a very different value system than the world around us declares is important. I don't know who helps you establish your value system. Maybe it was your parents. Uh, As a parent, I clearly recognize I am establishing a value system in my children, not even by teaching, but by living. So sometimes we have values that need to be analyzed and thought about and reflected against God's word that somebody never taught us. They lived it. And so now we live it and it gets passed on and on. Sometimes those need reevaluated. If you allow the, the systems of this world to help you establish your value systems, you're going to find yourself down that road and the you are here and you have no idea where you are or how to get back to the main road. If you let today's news stations tell you what the values are, you're going to get really confused. If you let today's uh, universities and public education systems tell your kids what the values are, they're going to be confused for a lifetime. If you allow people that don't pray, barely know God's word, and live by whatever revelation they had, you're going to get really confused if you let them help you build your value system. Paul is presenting something here for us to truly consider. Paul, who, sh- who uh, would pray for things, rub the sweat off, send the hanky to someone, and they would get healed by it, established churches all over the place, wrote more books of the Bible than anyone else, is trying to tell us something in this passage about what is valuable on this life. 
in this life. Your time on earth has some values to it. And so I'm presenting this today to help us just ask some serious questions. Where am I at on this map? Am I way over here because I missed some turns? Am I closer? Where am I? Am I in the right thing? And one of those is having a, 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 an understanding of judgment day that you and I are going to stand before God and our whole life's going to be evaluated against this and either get rewarded or not rewarded. And Paul knew that. And that's why he would say, I don't know which one I should do. Go and be with Jesus forever or stay and earn a little more. Earn some more. Have more to show for my life. Sometimes we don't really think about the struggles and the challenges and the things we've had to overcome as earning something for us. But they do. The things that uh, cause us to say, I just want to be done with this and no more, are actually earning for us a great reward. Let's take a look at Paul's next statement. This is the third thing you can write down. The first one was go. And then the next one was stay. And then let's take a look at the last one, which is the word necessary. Because now we have a whole different way to look at life based on what Paul is saying is important. And it's, it's not what he gets when he, on judgment day. Now it's what someone else gets on judgment day. Let's take a look at, back to Philippians chapter 1, verse 24. says, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. What an interesting statement. It sure sounds like Paul's being arrogant. I am someone and you can't make it without me. That's not his attitude. His attitude linked with fruitful labor statement is I'm staying because you need what I have, which is life coming out of me. Paul was a giver of life. Paul was a disciple maker. Paul was a corrector of people who needed some correction. He was an admonisher. He was an encourager. He built people up. He was a servant. And he released life. Paul made disciples. Paul raised up leaders. And he clearly recognized God's intentions and his purpose in God's intentions and knew that they needed him. That whatever God's intentions were for the church in Philippi, their personal growth, their their growth as a church, what God's intentions for that region was, uh, he was a critical, essential role in that happening. Have you ever thought about yourself that way? You are essential. You are critical. You are strategically planted in your family, in your neighborhood, on a job, Have you ever thought about every time you go get some groceries or get some gas that you're standing in an essential critical role called necessary? Have you ever thought that maybe God is directing in your your life in a certain way based on necessary? Necessary isn't always fun. They're, They're not synonyms. Necessary always doesn't make sense. 
If you're going to be someone who allows God to direct your life, you're going to find yourself in maybe some situations that don't quite make sense to you. But if you'll stop and think, Lord, what is necessary here that you want me to do? You're critical to people. You are critical to the growth and salvation of people. I want you to take a look at the next thing he says here. Uh, So we read verse 24. Convinced of this, we're on 25 now. I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy. The, the, The church in Philippians, their progress and their joy was worth waiting, having heaven wait for Paul. What a statement to say. I could go to heaven, but I'm going to wait here a little longer and endure my sinful nature, go through some more persecution, get beaten a little more, and thrown through prison because it's worth it. Sometimes we think (laughs) heaven, that there could be nothing greater than heaven. What is Paul saying here? It's worth waiting for so that other people, for their growth and their joy, Paul understood the value of people to God and was willing to allow heaven to wait so that he could partner with God to impact people. God's greatest love, the, 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 the greatest desire of his heart is people. There's not anything else that compares to that. God gave up the treasure of heaven, his son, for people. Have you ever considered that the value of people would be so high that he would delay Paul going to heaven so that he could touch someone's life? Do we think like that? Where are we at on that map? Are we putting ourselves in the lives of people so that we can impact them? You carry something, a treasure in jars of clay, Paul writes. In this physical body, you carry something people need. You carry life, life more abundantly. You carry something that's infectious. Joy is infectious. Walking onto your workplace and smiling at people, people will think you are crazy. I got just a few minutes left, but I I used to work at a fast food place in college to make money for books or whatever. And uh, I would walk in full of joy, loving to just do something and knowing I'm going to serve as unto the Lord. I would sing songs, big smile on my face, and I would have people. And I I would have people come up to me and say, what is wrong with you? You carry something people don't understand. Joy in frustration. Joy in trials. Joy in in circumstances that shouldn't warrant joy. Confidence in the living God in a world that's just in like fear mode. And you don't have any of that. You have something else. You have a treasure that people desperately want and need. And God places you in the lives of those people Because it's necessary. You and your neighborhood are necessary, critical, 
essential. I believe God is speaking to us at this time in our church. We're believing for how many new people between now and Christmas? Yeah, and there was like, I don't know, four or five babies born this week here. So we're down to four or something. 496. Yeah, and we got more on the way. So we're not believing for 500 new babies between now and Christmas. But we are believing for 500 souls to be added into this house. And and during this time of emphasizing life groups and teams and get to the next steps desk and find out what's next and discover track and get in the discover track and find your place. We're emphasizing these, all these things right now in this growth season of our church because we clearly recognize our church is necessary in this community. Our church is necessary. We have been planted here strategically. You are a part of this church at a strategic, necessary time in history. And there are greater things than just waiting for heaven to show up. It's getting something when heaven shows up. Your labor is going to be rewarded. Hebrews 6.10. God is not unjust. He will not forget the labor that you have shown him as you have uh, loved on his people, helped them and continue to do so. Paul writes to the Galatians to, that they will reap what they sow. To not, do, not grow weary in well-doing, but they will reap a harvest if they do not give up. You are going to be rewarded with, with rewards that are not of an earthly nature. Earthly things fall apart. Earthly things rust and decay. They don't last very long. Doesn't matter how much money you spend on it, it's not going to last very long. You're going to have to get a new one. But on Judgment Day, the Lord wants to reward you with things that don't rust, don't fade, things that we can't comprehend. Hey, Think about the, just the beautiful things that you get to see around you. God, in our limited minds that God gave us, we can perceive beautiful things. How much more does he have in store for when we have a heavenly body to perceive a different kind of beauty? God has in store for you. Those of you that labor intensely for the kingdom, or you're laboring Uh, to raise your children in a godly fashion, that they'll be fruitful, or you're laboring in your life group or on a team, or you're evangelizing on the job, or you're sharing God's goodness, you will be rewarded. Go for it. Go big. Get a big reward. So God is speaking to us. One, you're significant. You are significant. And no matter how you feel about it, you are significant and you are necessary to people around you. 
Don't miss the necessary that's right in front of you. Uh, Next is be a giver of life. No one likes to hang around a leech. Especially Christian leeches. Nobody wants to be... People avoid other people who only take. Do you find people avoiding you? You may be a leech. There's a way to undo that. Instantly. Be a giver. Be generous. With your life. With your possessions. Be a giver of life. Like Paul. And the last thing I I want to encourage you is if you aren't involved on a team or you haven't plugged into the Discover Track, start today. Go see Minister Tammy. She'll solve all the world's problems back down there at the next steps desk. Or at least some of them. Get going. It's not too late for you to be rewarded on judgment day. And if you're young, you're in Minister David's realm of youth, you could start today earning a lifetime of rewards. Earning, earning 50, 60, 70 years of fruitful labor to lay at the Lord's feet for all that he's done for you. So I want to encourage you with this passage today that heaven can wait. There's people around you that you are necessary for. There's a community here that we are necessary for. Trying to present a different value system than maybe some of the things that you are accustomed to. It's God's value system. Time. Talent. Your treasures towards people in the kingdom of God and then getting rewarded for it. Would you stand with me? We're going to take a moment. Minister Mike, if you'd come to the piano, we're going to take a moment to pray. And I hope I've said something in here that will do two things. One, cause you to ask some serious questions about what are the high priorities in your life? What, what's valuable in your life? And then if you find something that the Lord points out to you, may, you may need to make some shifts or some adjustments to to. You know, like we did looking at that map and we say, you are here and we go, oh, wait, whoa, 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 we've missed something. I want to I help you today uh, and encourage you to get back on, make steps that reorient you back to the right track. Paul is presenting what life is really about. Fruitful labor for the kingdom. And those of you that serve on a team, Whatever team it is, those of you that are life group leaders, great job. You are producing fruitful labor. You are going to be rewarded. I am determined that I'm going to get rewarded on Judgment Day. I want you to look good. I wanted to share this passage today just as a bringing back to the Lord's value system. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you, God, for this word here. I thank you, Lord, for the the words of Paul and his 
deliberation here between going and staying. And I thank you, Lord, that this was written in the word that today we might see the word necessary and reflect on our life. God, that you've made us significant. Your great plan is us. Your great, the great plan of the creator of the universe and things too wonderful for me to even understand how planets hang in the middle of the, Lord, only you could understand that. Your great plan is me. Your great plan is us and the necessary place that you have planted us. Lord, I pray that you'd make us aware of, even right now, you begin to speak to us people in our lives. We encounter that you have planted us there. Lord, I pray that you would, even right now, begin to reorient us towards your value system in areas that need to be cleaned up or polished up or repented for and walk back the other way. Lord, help us today to see us as you see us, recognizing your intentions and our role in them, just like Paul. Hallelujah. If you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, whether you're here in this room, those of you watching online, today is your day. Don't leave here today without the confidence that you're going to go to heaven to live for eternity with Jesus. The simple fact that you even have a thought or even that we could contrive the word eternity and even come up with a word called forever, Ecclesiastes declares it was built into you. There's a part of you that desires a life where nothing falls apart and everything is peaceful forever. You were made that way and you can have that. The only way you can have that is through Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Invite him into your life today. Repent or turn away from the things that don't please Jesus. Sin doesn't please God. I'm going to invite you to pray with me, whether it's the first time or second time or you just want to make sure you're right with God. You know you need to get right with God. I'm going to invite you to pray with me. We're going to pray a simple prayer. I've been a children's pastor for 22 years. I only pray simple prayers. And you know what? God hears them. I love it. So why don't you pray this right out loud with me? Let's all bow our head for a moment and enter into a, a brief time of prayer. We're going to speak to the Father. Pray right out loud with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I receive your Son, Jesus, and his sacrifice on the cross. I believe in my heart that he died on the cross for me, that he shed his blood so I could be forgiven. And I believe in my heart that he rose from the dead so that I could live in eternity with you. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Thank you for loving me and for hearing my prayer. I choose this day to live for you. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Hey, once you lift your hands as a sign of surrender, let me pray for you. Father, I thank you, God, for all those that today have received you and begin fruitful labor in your kingdom. And I thank you, Lord. I pray for a release of your spirit that even tonight as they lay their head down, even if it's the first time, they would recognize your voice speaking to them. When they rise in the morning, they'd be welcomed by your presence. Holy Spirit, come. Touch these tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. We love you, Lord. I want to invite you to join us Friday night. Youth, there's Friday night. I want to invite you to stop at the Next Steps desk. If you're not already engaged in some way, get in. Not engaged to be married. Engaged in serving or in a life group. Stop at the Next Steps desk. They'll help you get engaged. Discover track this Sunday. All right, let me bless you. And then our time will be up. The Lord bless you, keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you, cause his countenance to shine upon you and give you peace in Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week. See you Friday. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.